give yourself permission. And if you need the permission slip, I'm giving it to you right now to do whatever it is. As long as you're not harming people, right? As long as you're not doing something illegal, as long as you're not really headed for what I call total financial disaster, maybe you know, you're really affecting your family well-being or you're at risk of losing your home, like do what it is that you need to do. And it starts with getting honest. Welcome to Beyond Dollar, a podcast where we have deep and honest conversations about how money affects our well-being. I'm Sarah Lee Kane, your host, and this is your space to explore your relationship with money. The guilt, stress, exhilaration, and fear, no topic is taboo. And in this episode, it's just going to be me and you, where I just have a very frank conversation about the idea of permission in your financial life and, in fact, bleeding throughout your entire life. I'm going to share what's been going on, some specific examples of how it can play out, and what can happen if you do not give yourself permission to live the life that you want and how you use your money. So please stick around and listen to some of the questions I'm going to ask you, and I would love to hear from you. Now, this episode is brought to you by Fabric, a one-stop shop to organize your family's financial life. They have a few pretty neat features like Fabric Wills, a free way to create a last will and testament that has been used by tens of thousands of families. I've tried it out and it's a pretty straightforward process. There's also Fabric Vault, a free and easy way for spouses and partners to create a map of their family's finances and securely share this information with each other. So think credit card information and account logins. They also have what's called Fabric Premium, which is simple and affordable term life insurance issued by Vantis Life. To find out more and get started by creating a free account for both Fabric Wheels and Fabric Vault, head over to www.meetfabric.com. And to find resources that I'm shared in this episode, head over to www.beyondthedollar.co. All right, get ready, grab a seat, and let's go Beyond the Dollar. Hey everyone, welcome. So this is just going to be a solo episode, like I mentioned in the introduction, just me and you having a chat. And as always, please, I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode, any stories you want to share, any questions you have, because this has been, I think, a long time coming for myself to share what's been going on and Based on a lot of the conversations I've had via DMs on Instagram with you, I think this is a very common topic that we all face. And it's the idea of giving yourself permission, right? And by that, I mean permission to do whatever it is that you want to do in your life, your financial life, family life, social life, work, and spiritual life. And if you stuck around at Beyond the Dollar for a while, you know that living beyond the dollar really means using your money to live a very intentional life. And so all of these things will bleed into each other. So now you know that I preach a lot that you really need to get honest about what it is that you want and what it is that will make you happy, right? Again, your version of a good life, right? Not what others thinks, not what you think you should do. And of course, it sounds much easier than it is, right? So on that vein, I want to share a story of Something that I've been going through the last few months, just to give you some perspective of how I work through the idea of permission. And 
really how it's affected my financial life and in essence, my entire life right now. Now, by sharing this story, I just want to mention the point of it isn't to feel sorry for me. I don't want to get into that whole victim mentality. And I hope that I'm not going to come across that way because I know that I'm just truly blessed to be where I am. And I love my life. So much what I'm going to say is I know indeed first world problems. I have clothing. I have shelter. I have a loving family. I have a really good career. I am not in dire straits in terms of money. So again, I am very, very blessed. But like I've mentioned in previous episodes, ones you may have heard with my former co-host Garrett Philbin, new level, new devil, right? Just because you've overcome a hurdle in parts of your life, maybe you became debt-free or you broke an income, a barrier or goal, doesn't mean the feelings of insecurity and lack of confidence, all of those don't go away. They just manifest in a different form. So on to what's been happening with me. So 2018 was a very intense year-wise because I moved. I gave myself permission to basically double my income and really just work and double down on my career. And so as a result, I made it very clear to everyone around me that that's what I wanted to do. And I made it very clear as to the reasons why I wanted to really double down my career and to double my income, right? I I looked at where I wanted to head with my family. I looked at what I personally wanted to do and the mission that that I really wanted with Beyond the Dollar and basically what I was doing in my freelance writing business. And so that unfortunately did come at the cost of a few things. Now, at that time, my son was still in part-time preschool. So I had him for most of the time in our apartment. I was working still part-time hours, but I was working a lot more very intense burst. And I do want to be clear when I say that I work part-time. I was still doing 12-hour stretches sometimes because if you have a little one, it's very difficult to be productive and at your laptop or recording a podcast like this one and not be constantly distracted. And so it was kind of almost like a dance where I had to skirt between how do I do some of the work that will lead me towards more of my financial goals, which was again, decrease my income to really double down my career. And how do I step back and be present for my son and my family and friends, right? So it was that constant hustling. And I just, I'm starting to really not like this word anymore, but it was a constant hustling that my brain never really turned off, right? Even when I wasn't physically in my computer, even though I was relaxing with a fiction book, even though my husband and I were, you know, walking along the beach on a date night, like I never felt I was very present because I was so consumed with earning more, so consumed with optimizing our finances. And for those of you who don't know what that is, it means I was trying to cut back on expenses, reading up on investments, things like that. So it was a constant go, go, go. And what had happened halfway through the year was that some of that stress really manifested physically. I would be really tired. I stopped doing yoga consistently, which was previously a non-negotiable. I started getting very snappy with people very close around me. And I got sick quite often. And my gut was screaming for me to slow down or find some way to keep it sustainable. 
And I remember being in denial that maybe my son needed a lot more socialization than I had been giving him because it was just him and I in the apartment for most of the day because I was so concerned with earning money, so concerned with work. You know, we could have easily afforded to put him in childcare five days a week instead of the two days that I was putting him in, all of that. So I didn't realize until late 2018, very early 2019, that what was really happening was a slow form of burnout. I just thought, okay, like if I can make it through this, whatever work it was, I'm okay. And I remember sitting at my desk and trying to create a vision board for 2019. And in my head, I was like, okay, great. How am I going to continue to double and triple what I'm doing or earning? And I remember in my head, it was like, why do you need to grow? Why do you need to go so crazy? And I realized that I was partially chasing a version of what I should be doing in my business, what I should be doing in my career. Now, I'm very proud of the things that I have accomplished. And again, I made it very clear why as to why I wanted to do things I want to do last year. But I remember just thinking, oh, well, this person's on Instagram. I should be on Instagram. Or this person is doing email funnels. I should be doing this if I want to scale. And so it became that. It became like, I should, I should, I should. And so what has really happened in the last couple of weeks is I've taken a serious step back because I've gone to the point where I'm exhausted all the time. And I know it's from mental exhaustion. Some other physical things have, have really manifested in terms of you know a little bit of anxiety and, and just back pain and things like that. And I know it's as a result of me just having that tunnel vision in terms of my financial life. And it's bled into, unfortunately, my family life and social life as well. Right, I didn't give myself permission to go out and find new friends in the new neighborhood I'm in, or I didn't give myself permission to take my son to the playground. And I have a blog post, which I'll link in the show notes, where I didn't even realize that this group of mothers got together every day to have their kids socialize and play. And I was like really upset at myself not realizing this. I mean, it, it's literally a two-minute walk down from my apartment. They play for like half an hour to an hour, and then they come back. And, and it was something I could have easily done, right? Anyways, so the point of this story is to say that I wasn't giving myself permission because as I was chugging along, I wasn't giving myself permission to pause and reflect in terms of, okay, is this what I want? Like I wasn't asking myself, like, is this what I want? Great. I am earning great income, right? I am really making leaps and bounds with the podcast and the blog and, and all of that. But is this what I want? Is this an external validation of success? Because that's great. You know, I'm doing whatever around me is doing, or is this really something internally that I that I want? And it unfortunately took this burnout. It took this, you know, being sick and and being upset and snippy a lot to really realize that I haven't been giving myself permission to stop and rest and taking a look at what's going on, right? And I just want to say that when you go through these, and especially those who do have some mental health issues like depression or anxiety, I'll put a link in the show notes of my friend Melanie's interview with the New Dollar because it's just 
a wonderful episode that it's, it can be difficult to do these daily things, right? And I found myself made it really difficult to do these daily things. And, and I was sleep deprived a lot. My son was going through some sleep issues. And when I was going through that, it, it wasn't very healthy or helpful. And I do want to say that when it comes time to ramp up your career or when you're trying to get out of debt or when you want to earn more or you have a career change, those types of things, earning money at your job, right? Or earning money through self-employment or getting a side hustle, right? Et cetera, isn't exactly easy, right? None of this is easy. And I know that, but it doesn't have to be so hard. It doesn't have to feel like it's just hard, especially when you feel like it's been this huge effort to do simple things. Now, I just want to kind of reiterate the idea of permission, right? Part of what can bring on this feeling of, oh, this is so hard is one, yes, it is hard. And sometimes you just have to push through it because change is never as easy as we would like it to be. And our brain and our ego is just trying to protect us from what they think is is threat, right? So that can happen. But the other part, and I truly believe that in your gut, you will know the difference if you listen to yourself is that, again, you believe you should be doing this, right? Think about the idea of the Joneses, right? Like, okay, now you graduate, you should get a job. You should buy a house. You should have two and a half kids and a nice car and go on vacations, those things, right? Even if you don't think you should do that, maybe you're on a path to owning your own business or getting a side hustle, right? Maybe there are things within that world is that people think they should do, right? Maybe they should start a blog or they should have some product, right? Passive income is kind of still all the rage, right? And I remember when Garrett and I started this podcast, I was just reading up on different resources on how to grow. And I remember in my mind debating about how to grow sustainably and slowly and make meaningful connections versus what people think they should do, which is to get as many downloads and paying sponsors right away, right? Or, you know, once you hit some sort of goal that you've been striving for, it's not good enough anymore. You should keep going, going, going. The point is giving yourself permission to do what you want really means ignoring what is out there. Sometimes you do have to put the blinders on. You can definitely research things. So let's say you're trying to pay off debt, right? You you may want to learn things like the debt snowball or the debt avalanche and and read books like that, right? But at some point, you're just going to have to see how it applies to your life, ignore the rest, try something. If this is enough for you or if if it's good enough for you at this point in your life, that's fine, right? I mean, the conventional wisdom is that you should keep aiming for growth. You should 10x everything. But if you don't see the purpose behind it, what's it all for? I mean, think about money. Is money the end goal? Or is money really a tool and a resource for you to do what it is that you that you truly desire? Maybe it's purposeful work. Maybe you want to volunteer at the library more. So you know, you scale back on income once you or not income, sorry, you scale back on the hours you work at your job now that you are in a much more stable position with your investments. Maybe you want to make a career change. Maybe you want to go on a sabbatical, things like that, right? And the purpose behind those, right? The money is not the means to the end. It is simply a tool to get to where you need to be, okay? And, and makes me really embarrassed to even admit that I lost my way. But, you know, I'm human and, and it's happened to me. Now, 
I do want to highlight a few people who I really admire and who have really shown me examples of what it means to strive for enough and to give themselves permission to just kind of do their own thing, right? Now, this lady, and I'm, I apologize if I butcher your username, <laughs> but her username is Frugal Fuyangers, and I'll link to her profile in the show notes and her blog. So she is actually over in China, so Fuyang province, which is, explains her name, right? So she's in Fuyang province at a school. She's teaching there. And when she was overseas, she's always think, okay, travel, you know, do all of that because other expat teachers are doing the same thing. But she's made a commitment to pay down her debt. So part of it is no travel. And if you don't know much about China, so in once a year, there's something called Chinese New Year or Lunar New Year, depending on which part of Asia you're in. And it's the biggest holiday of the year. Most people get a week off school. I think you have about three weeks off. And if you want to understand how big it is, it's kind of like the equivalent of Christmas in North America. So it's it's pretty big deal. So for her, she actually ended up staying put in this, I think, fairly small town just so that she can pay off this debt. And she found ways to really appreciate the environment around her. You know, she I think she read a bunch of books and was learning Chinese and learned how to cook and all of that. And it was really difficult, right? Part of it and part of it is that, and I think I remember putting this in a comment, is that we think we should go on these grandiose like trips because we're living overseas. Like people have this perception that it's this, like high life, right? That you should go to Thailand or you should find the cheapest plane ticket and fly somewhere. But isn't it just as great to live in a foreign country and learn about the neighborhood around you? Isn't that just as nice as going to a full moon party in Thailand, right? So I really like that idea of permission because most people probably would be like, oh, I'll eventually pay that debt off, but I want to live now, right? But she made this into her goal to be debt-free, I think within a few years. There's a purpose behind this and she's really ignoring those around her who are traveling. Okay. Something else I, I came across recently or last few months, which I really, really admire, is the website Wandering Aimfully. And so it is run by a couple, Jason Zook and oh my gosh, I'm like forgetting the name. I'm sorry. I think Caroline Kelso. And they are creating a membership program where they help business owners basically grow their their product or scale their service-based business. And so they have this wonderful article series, which I'll link in the show notes about striving for enough. And so they actually sat down and they looked at their expenses and business expenses and personal expenses and how much they wanted to set aside to save each month and, and other things. And they realized, okay, this is the number that we need to aim for in order to, to have enough. And so I think it was 30, not 30, sorry, 330 paying members on their in their membership program for it to be enough. And they're like, that's what we're aiming for. And so they're talking about their journey for aiming for enough. And I really admire that because again, conventional wisdom, right? Quote unquote, or what people out there say you should do in business is to grow, right? Like once you hit, I don't know, six figures, you hit multiple six figures, you go to seven figures, like, you know, keep growing, 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 but they're perfectly happy with saying no. Like this is what we want our life to look like. And this is the amount of money that's gonna get us there. We're fine. Another article that I really liked, and I, I find myself reading it over and over again, is the idea of walking a business versus running a business. 
Because when you run a business, there are so many moving parts and you can easily work yourself to the ground, which is, I think, what I've started to do. And I'm taking steps to rectify that. So Jason Zook did a lot of videos. I think he said he did 1600 videos in the last like four years or in four years. And he had to stop. He stopped. He was like, I'm so burnt out. I cannot even pick up a camera. And he didn't even pick up a camera for for four years. And now that he is creating videos again, he's like, I'm just going to walk my business. I'm going to create a schedule that works for me and will sustain me. And that is not going to go at this crazy pace. And I love that. You know, unfortunately, you know, it took him burning out to really learn that lesson. But the point is with with these examples is that don't let what you should do become your permission slip to do or don't do something, right? And and if we're going to relate to finances, like don't let what you should do in terms of like let's say getting promotions and and all of that stop you from, you know, maybe not going so hard in your career. Don't feel like, you know, feel bad. Maybe let's say you can't save half your income. Don't let that conventional wisdom of should for reaching for financial independence, like saying you have to save 50% of your income in order to do it. Or don't you know let people say you should not eat out so much anymore if you're trying to get out of debt. Don't let them tell you that, right? It's up to you. It, these are your decisions, your choices. Give yourself permission. And if you need the permission slip, I'm giving it to you right now to do whatever it is, as long as you're not harming people, right? As long as you're not, you know, doing something illegal, as long as you're not really headed for what I call total financial disaster, maybe, you know, you're really affecting your family well-being or you're at risk of losing your home, like do what it is that you need to do. And it starts with getting honest. It starts with getting super honest about assessing where you are, where you want to go, and then how you're going to get there. And if you don't like how you're getting there or you don't like where you want to go, change. Right. For me right now, I'm still really in the thick of what it looks like for me in terms of my career, but I have taken significant steps to really slow down what I'm doing. Don't worry, pound the dollar's not going away, but I've taken significant steps to slow down what I'm doing. I have brought on a VA again and just taking it one day and one step at a time. And something I'm really focusing on too is just being very present, giving myself time each day to go for a walk, right? Or having my son help me cook dinner, things like that. I'm just really being very intentional and slow and experimenting and being curious as to what it is that I want. How is my career going to play into it? How is my financial life going to look You know, when I really, really discover that? And I do want to say that what you want is always a moving target, right? What, what you want your life to look like is going to be a moving target. And as it changes, that's fine, right? Give yourself permission to change. Now, some questions I want you to think about is, I really love this from Simple and Seasoned. Her name's Kate Ferris. So I will also link to this in the show notes. And so Simple and Seasoned is actually a slow marketing website and she's a podcast and she does coaching. She's just really awesome. I've been following her for, I think, a few weeks now. So she has a, a blog post called The Work-Life Graph. And so I'll link to it. I don't want to butcher exactly what she did. But what you do is you list all of the things that you do, like work-wise, task-wise, life-wise, right? Cleaning, sleeping, social media, et cetera. And then you graph it out in terms of like how satisfied you are. And if it's something like you really dread doing, right? Once you reflect, is like, then you got to think like, okay, can I outsource this? Can I eliminate it or be really curious? Like, why do I feel such dread over it if it's a, if it's something that's you know necessary? So 
it's really, again, just give yourself time. Be honest. Don't be scared if an answer surprises you because your body and your gut, your intuition knows what is to be true. And sometimes our heads really get in the way and we want to just ignore it (laughs) for whatever reason, which is what I've done, right? We want to ignore it. So if something's coming up, just listen, right? And when you're thinking about these tasks, relate it to your finances, okay? So maybe some of the tasks is like, okay, you hate cleaning. Is it worth spending money on a cleaner? Maybe instead of spending money on a cleaner every week, can you do it for a month, every month, right? Or maybe it's because you have just so much clutter. So when you think about decluttering, can you sell some of it? Is it worth your time to sell these items or should you just drop them off at your local Goodwill? Okay? If there's certain things in your career that you don't like, but yet you're in debt and so you do need that income, let's say you're considering a career change, what can you do to make that transition? Or can you just say, okay, well, for now, I don't like my job or like where I am, but paying off debt is more important. So I'm going to keep that in the back of my mind every time I feel like I hate my job. Okay. So really just thinking about that, think about that in terms of your finances, because again, your, your life will be affected or not your life, your finances will be affected by your life choices and vice versa. So I hope that helps. I would love to hear from you in terms of what's going on with you and giving yourself permission. And if you recently gave yourself permission to let go of something, I would love, 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 love to hear about it. All right. It's time to answer some of your questions about living beyond the dollar. And this segment is brought to you by Fabric. So as I mentioned before in the introduction, you can check them out, including the free products that they offer, like their wills and Fabric Vault. Just go to www.meetfabric.com. All right. Now onto the questions, which Millennial Money Expert and the Editorial Director, Allison Kate from Fabric, has very graciously helped me to answer with you. So this question comes from Anonymous. And the question is, my wife and I are looking at moving across the country for a new job, but I'm really nervous. So what do I need to worry about when it comes to my money? Great question. I'm going to just say what Allison mentioned, because this is a really great answer. And I'll add in a little bit of my experience with this. So Allison basically says this could be a good time to think about your emergency fund. So are both of you going to be employed when you move? If one of you is employed and one of you is leaving your current job, maybe it would be easier or make you feel better to make sure that you have a few months worth of living expenses saved up just in case something happens. Maybe you need to take a few months to find a job or your wife needs to take a few months to find your job or maybe something is more expensive than you realize in the new city. And that way you can just rely on the emergency fund to tie you through until your situation is different. If you can, many experts do recommend six months worth of expenses and possibly more if you are in an unstable profession or situation. So just take some time to really think about how much you spend, what the nature of your job is, and how much money you will you will need to set aside to replace three months worth of income. And if you have lots of cushion to have at least six months worth of expenses or more set aside, then you know go ahead and do that. As to where to put this emergency fund, you want it somewhere where you can access it fairly easily, but not too easily if you're tempted to spend it. So a savings account's really great. 
try to get one maybe without a debit card so that you're not tempted to just pull money from it, but you can make an online transfer really quickly when you need a bunch of money. Otherwise, think about saving for moving expenses because that can be a budget buster. It can be more expensive than you think. And it and frankly, it can just get you really stressed out. I know for me, that's really what happened. Um, my husband and I, clearly we were in a very good financial situation that we were able to afford the moving expenses, but the idea of it really stressed me out. So I really appreciate Allison's answer here. You know, a cross-country move can easily cost a few thousand dollars, which is was pretty true in my case. And you know, not to mention again, just as I mentioned before, any additional money you might need to pay for any temporary places. So maybe like an Airbnb or hotel while you are apartment hunting or you're in between apartments and just that. I mean, as long as you have some sort of pool of money to that that you know you can draw on, you don't necessarily have to use it. But knowing that it's there is going to really help alleviate some of the the emotional stresses or burdens as it comes to moving, right? Because you want to free up that that mental bandwidth in terms of worrying about where the money's coming from and focus on other things like finding a nice apartment, making the transition to make new friends or get into a new work groove, et cetera. So I hope that helps. So thank you so much again, everyone, for sticking around with this episode of Beyond the Dollar. I know it's definitely a pretty vulnerable one. If you like it, let me know. If you want me to do more of those, hit me up on Instagram at Beyond the Dollar or head to the website beyondthedollar.co and and leave a comment on any one of the blog posts. Thanks, everyone. Thank you so much for listening in on Beyond the Dollar. If you like what you heard, please share with a friend. It'll help share the mission of what we're trying to do, which is to have more deep and honest conversations about how money affects our well-being. Tag them on Instagram, on one of my posts at Beyond the Dollar, send them a link, whatever you want to do to spread the mission of what we're doing around here. And if you feel that putting money towards the things that really matter is a challenge for you, download our values-based spending guide. You'll gain clarity around what matters to you most in life, be able to name your most important values, and how to start putting money towards those things. To download the values-based spending guide, go to www.beyondthedollar.co. Thank you again for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Beyond the Dollar. By the way, don't you love the new intro music? Thank you so much to Donovan Durance for providing this awesome song.